Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I'm a proud Danny Zen, and I do not sing. Hey, everybody. This is Jay from Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and we are continuing our look at Doom Patrol, Episode 8, Danny Patrol. Now, when I saw the name of this episode, I was kind of excited because uh, my daughter Diana uh, had read some Doom Patrol and read some of the newer iterations of it. And one of her favorite characters is Danny Street, a.k.a. Danny the Street. So, you know, she has started watching Doom Patrol. And when she heard that this week's episode was Danny Patrol, she was really excited. She has been looking forward to seeing how they bring Danny Street, Danny the Street, how they bring them, uh, you know, into this series. Because if you remember way back when, and she picked this up, I didn't, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But if you remember way back when in the Doom Patrol episode of Titans, uh, you know, we see we see the Doom Patrol in the Doom Mansion. And when uh, I think it's Robin and Starfire go looking for Raven, who is missing, uh, you know, Beast Boyfriend, we, we all know what happened. Uh, When they go looking for her, uh, they see that uh, somebody apparently had a run-in with a green tiger. They go and they find the person, and the person's like, ah, it's those crazy people. They live out on Danny Street. So Diana right away thought, oh, it's Danny Street, Danny the Street. It's going to be part of it. Uh, Well, here he is. Well, nope, nope. That is incorrect, because as we learned in this episode, Danny the Street is genderqueer. But let's get into it. So when we pick up with this episode, you know, last week the uh, the gang had group therapy, which, uh, you know what, it was a very good episode. Uh, when I talked about it last week, I was kind of saying it was a good episode, maybe not one of the best ones. Uh, I have since done a rewatch and looked at it, and it's probably one of the best episodes of the seasons. And I think this one, Danny Patrol, is a very, very close second. Um, yeah, we're kind of... We're kind of getting away, kind of getting away from the uh, hunt for the chief and Mister Nobody and all that, but we still are. I mean, it's still there. I mean, obviously they are they are going to do that. But here's the thing: at the end of the uh, at the end of the last episode, uh, you know, Jane kind of freaked out as she does, and she disappeared. Um, so we start off with the Jane personality of the week. We have Karen. Um, you know, Karen decides to give the uh, Doom Patrol a, a call there, and uh, she's looking for her, her BFF Rita, but she ends up, you know, Cliff, Cliff is the one that picks up the phone, he's trying to uh, profusely apologize, uh, you know, and Karen's sort of like, oh, right, Cliffy, sure, yeah, do me a favor, uh, just tell Rita, you know, I'm having a thing, and she can come by, and blah 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 you know, and of course, Cliff is totally confused. He has no idea what is going on. And uh, he tells this to Rita, and Rita's like, oh my god, Karen's back? Well, we gotta stop her. Turns out that Karen is uh, one of the 64 personalities, that Karen is totally into 80s and 90s rom-coms. And apparently, as we find out later in the episode, she actually has the power to bring people under her spell, under her influence. Um kind of like Dr. Harrison, but not exactly. Dr. Harrison, you know, it's all through suggestion, the power of suggestion that she gets you to do these things. Uh, this is out and out. She, Karen pretty much casts a love spell on you, you know, um, 
we get the glowing silver eyes and it's like somebody that could be ranting and raving and screaming at her if she puts the whammy on them they will be like oh my god you are so cool i love you um so we get that so we get you know and i I like this i kind of like this that they're doing this that they're you know right now if they're not out there looking for the chief uh, you know, if they're kind of carrying out sort of these side missions or other missions, I do like the fact that they're splitting them up. Uh, and I did like, you know, I did sort of like this week's split up. I mean, uh, we have Robot Man and Rita going after Jane, uh, which leaves Cyborg and Larry, which was really, really great because for their little uh, escapade, they get a delivery. Well, actually, Niles gets a delivery. He gets a giant sheet cake basically saying, uh, you know, come find Danny the Street or Danny Street uh, in something, something Ohio. Uh, Of course, you know, Cyborg with Grid, they run a scan. It's like there is no Danny Street there. But the cake, the cake tells them that there is. Now, I need to back up. So this episode starts with uh, we see an agent. And we find out he is from the Department of Normalcy. And that is sort of the insignia, or that's the department that uh, Larry, when he pulled out that in- insignia an episode or two ago and sort of looked at it, uh, that was the department that kind of had him, the Department of Normalcy. And here's another great thing I like about it. We don't get a whole lot of info on them, but yet we kind of know who they are. Uh, the Department of Normalcy is this super secret black ops government organization. You know, even the president doesn't know about them. Well, I'm assuming that. I mean, we're not told that. Um, but they, they look to wipe out abominations and abnormalcy. You know, they're keeping America normal. Uh, you know, like, like it's the 1950s. Um, Larry was a... Uh, I don't want to say he was definitely not a member. He was a subject of theirs. He was a victim of theirs, pretty much. Um, you know, the Department of Normalcy was looking to sort of, I guess, to learn about his abilities, but at the same time try to stamp it out because he was considered abnormal. Uh, not because, you know, he had a radioactive being or he has a radioactive being living inside of him, but also because of his deviant behavior. You know, they they when we get these flashback scenes with Larry remembering his his quote-unquote time with the Department of Normalcy, um, you know, the fact that, you know, he has a radioactive being and the fact that he's homosexual, I mean, they both come up at the same time with an equal amount of venom behind them. Uh, you know, Larry is most, you know, definitely considered abnormal and an abomination. Um, so Larry, you know, not a big fan of the Department of Normalcy. But like I said, this episode starts with, we see an agent from the Department of Normalcy, and it looks like he's found, you know, they finally tracked down Danny Street, Danny the Street, um, and, you know, he's going to infiltrate it. And once he infiltrates it, he'll kind of give the location, and the department's going to sweep in there and take care of it. But when he comes in there, he he, he kind of has a change of heart, and, you know, he goes radio silent, he goes radio dark, and when they try to track it down, well, Danny the Street is long gone. But... Danny Street, Danny the Street. I'm just going to call him Danny the Street. I like that better. Danny the Street knows that the Department of Normalcy is hot on his tail, and it's only a matter of time before they catch up with Danny the Street, because again, Danny the Street is genderqueer. Um, so Danny is looking for Niles's help. So it's Cyborg and it's Larry. They get the cake. And, uh, you know, of course, Cyborg, Mr. Science, is there's no Danny Street in such and such Ohio. And, uh, you know, the cake kind of transforms and says, yes, there is. And, you know, next thing, next thing we know, they're transported there. They're transported to Danny Street. And, 
Larry has the great line. He's like, always follow the cake. So we come to find uh, that Danny the Street is this self-aware uh, being that manifests itself as a as a street, as a like you know a stretch of an avenue in a uh, sort of like an idyllic small town. Um, really, just kind of almost seems to have unlimited powers. And really, what Danny does, Danny kind of opens itself and accepts whoever, accepts anybody that's really looking to discover who they are and live the way they want to live because we see that that agent that went to infiltrate Danny the Street uh, is now, you know, is now a singer in a cabaret uh, and is and is a drag queen and, you know, goes on to tell Larry and Vic that, you know, really it's like kind of had an inkling, but Danny showed him Danny showed him that this is who he is or this is who she is because uh you know once she accepts it she becomes Mora Lee corrupt you gotta love it um but what she says is, is she says look you know Danny's survival depends upon the happiness of the Danny'sins that's what they call themselves the people that live there Danny'sins uh and knowing that the Department of Normalcy is hot on their trail you know, people are getting scared, they're getting fearful, they're not attending the cabaret, they're not celebrating, they're just not having fun and enjoying themselves. And it's and that's what keeps Danny alive, is knowing that the people that reside within Danny the street are happy and they're living their lives to their fullest. And if that's not happening, well, Danny could fade into, exi- uh, you know, can fade away. So they, well, Vic, Vic wants to help. Vic wants to help. Larry is like, nope not my fight sorry went up against department of normalcy i just i i don't want to uh this is where vic kind of calls him out vic is like you know what what is it with you you know anytime anytime a situation happens you know you're you're turning tail and running you know it's you know you're a coward you have no spine you know vic is really calling him out uh you know and we get more of larry you know kind of self-loathing and and just really feeling bad for himself and he heads on into the cabaret, sits down, and they kind of tell him, like, look, honey, you're a newbie. You got to get up there and sing. And he has the line, I don't sing. And they're like, nope, not buying it. And then we launch into a musical number with Larry, you know, in a tuxedo. The the scarring is all gone, and he's singing, and he does a a duet with Morally Corrupt. And he's really having a great time and everything, and it ends, and we realize that it was really all in his head. And he, again, says the line, I don't sing. Meanwhile, Rita and Cliff, they have tracked down, well, because Rita knows every time Karen emerges, Karen seems to target this young man named Doug. You know, she falls in love with him, starts a relationship, and then when the personality is kind of called back or disappears, uh, you know, she breaks Doug's heart. You know, Rita basically says, look, she is... She has made up with and broken up with him a million times, and this poor little milk toast, he just keeps taking her back. So she shows up, and it is. It is like such a rom com. It's, you know, Doug comes out of the house, it's raining, and Karen is standing there, you know, with a coat, and she's like, I'll be your umbrella, and this and that, and she clumsily falls down, and they have a good, oh, Karen, I can't live without you, blah, blah, blah. You know, the family comes over, Doug's family comes over, and they're like, uh, no, are you kidding me? This chick 
has broken your heart a million times. We're not letting you do this. Well, Karen flashes those silver eyes, and they're just like, Karen, we love you. Oh, you're going to get married. Uh, she even does this to Rita, because Rita starts to call her out on it. And this is great, because at the end of the last episode, or the last two episodes, I should say, Rita has really kind of said, look, Rita Farr is gone. I, I need to be me. Rita Farr was a figment of my imagination. It was a stage persona. You know, we could even go, she could even go back and say, it's look, this is who my parents wanted. They wanted me to be Rita Farr. Because Rita Farr is not her real name, as we learned uh, last episode. It is her stage name. We don't know what her real name is, though. But Rita has decided that, you know, it's time to be, you know, fine. Keeping the name Rita Farr, but it's time to really be Rita Farr. Who I was before is not who I am now. So she's really kind of stepping up here, and she's really, you know, taking it to Karen here and kind of like saying, like, you know, this is harsh, this is horrible. You know, Karen Karen needs to go into the... Well, she doesn't know about the underground. But she almost kind of says, like, look, Karen needs to take a step aside. You know, Jane needs to take over. Because Jane seems to be sort of like the standard personality that's always kind of there, you know, she's sort of like the main dominant personality, at least for now. Um, she's like, look, we need Jane back, this and that. And there's even flashes too, where Hammerhead kind of emerges and is like, look, I don't have a lot of time. Cause apparently when, excuse me, when, apparently when Karen gets control, she really latches in there. Um, the other personalities don't really have much of a, much of a choice or, um, a lot of power to kind of, sort of knock her off her perch and and step up you know into the spotlight there hammerhead makes brief appearances basically saying you know you got to get us out of here you know karen's crazy she's got something planned this and that whatever it is so rita's really really trying uh until karen flashes those silver eyes and uh rita is just it's a wedding it's so lovely some of the best things that happen here involve robot man uh you know they show up they show up to this little town and oh karen's so happy to say rita or riri she calls her she calls her riri her bff oh riri you're so crazy and she's like oh cliffy yeah you have to stay outside you're kind of you know scary and creepy but you know i love you okay okay so yeah great cliff cliff is coming there he just wants to apologize to jane for the things he said last episode uh he doesn't get to do it he's got to sit out there on the porch we see this little kid come up take a look pedal off and cliff's like great well the kid comes back later dressed up you know like as a robot as a kid would do he's got cardboard boxes on and tin foil and they have a dance off the kid does the robot cliff does the robot makes flash dance references this kid's probably about eight years old has no idea what he's talking about nice little bonding moment it was great you know it was really great it was it was good to see that you know it's i kind of felt like for a while this show was heavily going towards you know uh, robot man and crazy jane which is you know hey that's fine it's nice to see that this episode you know robot man you know he's there uh, you know, but he kind of took a back seat and, you know, Rita stepped up. Larry really, really stepped up in this episode. You know, it's really, really great to see that. So jumping back to Danny street, Danny, the street, uh, they all decide that they are going to fight and, you know, they're going to take care of the department of normalcy kind of once and for all. So what's happening here on Danny street is, or Danny, the street, Danny street, whatever. So what's happening here on Danny, the street is, you know, citizens are getting very very scared morally corrupt morally morally corrupt 
who is also known as Agent Wilson. She was Agent Wilson, uh, Department of Normalcy. What she decides is, is look, you know, nobody's going to fight. She's going to sacrifice herself. She's going to go back to the department. She's going to try to, you know, misinformation, try to lead them astray and give Danny time to escape and try to keep them off of his or off of Danny's tail for as, as long as he can. Um, you know, Danny doesn't want that at all. That's not what Danny wants. And we realize that it's a little too late. The Department of Normalcy is there, but Vic and Larry decide they're going to step up. Um, all the citizens come out. They, they decide that they are going to stand against the Department of Normalcy, uh, morally, cor- morally crea- corrupt. Ah, sorry. She decides, uh, you know, she stands up. She stands up to her boss. She pretty much beats him down and, uh, you know, tells him to get the heck out of there. Vic says, you know, Danny the street is now officially off limits. And, you know, when they sort of say like, well, you know, you, you, you won't be here in the last of us. And, uh, you know, if you don't watch it, you'll end up on our list. And Larry pretty much tells him, he's like, I'm already on the list, you know, so you guys come back, go back to where you came from and you tell him Captain Trainer sends their regards. So he's basically letting him know, like, look, I know who the Department of Normalcy is. They know who I am. I'm almost kind of wondering if that's kind of a threat, like something must have happened in order because obviously he escaped from them. Um, so he pretty much tells him, you know, yeah, tell him Captain Trainer says Danny the street is off limits. So Danny is safe. Um, but, you know, when they try to recruit Danny to help find Niles, Danny is, you know, communicates and he communicates through all the different, um, you know, neon signs and electronic signs all throughout the town basically says, you know, look, I love Niles. Niles is probably one of my oldest friends. I would do anything, but... I can't go up against Mr. Nobody because Mr. Nobody could threaten the, the, the safety and welfare of the people that reside within Danny the street. And, you know, that's the thing is, is, is Danny, Danny is an open space. Danny is a safe space. You know, people come and they live as they, as they want to live. And, and that's what Danny wants. And as much as he would love to help the doom patrol, as much as he would love to find Niles Calder, he can't, put the people that reside within him in, in jeopardy by going up against Mr. Nobody. So he, he wishes them well. Back uh, with Karen and, and Rita and Robot Man, well, we see a wedding is about to happen. And, uh, you know, Cliff is like, Cliff finally comes in. Cliff is the only one, you know, who, who's because he can't be mesmerized by Karen is sort of like, this is absolutely nuts. Uh, really just breaks up the wedding. Really is just like, you know, I want to talk to Jane. I want to talk to Jane, this and that. We then get to see what it's like to be inside of Jane because we see the Karen personality being pulled away and then dragged away down like a dark railway tunnel, which don't forget a few episodes back, you know, when we saw... I think it was Cliff looking over uh, all the different tapes that Niles made with all the different personalities. There is talk of the underground. There's diagrams of the underground. And it almost kind of looks like an underground railway where when the 63, 63 other personalities aren't, uh, you know, taking the spotlight there, they pretty much reside, you know, in this uh, underground area. And it looks like Karen is being forcibly dragged away. And when we cut back... Jane's like catatonic. It's almost like, okay, they forced Karen out of the picture. 
But now nobody is stepping up. What's going on here? And uh, that's a pretty good place for the show to leave off. And that's a pretty good place for me to leave off. Uh, you know, next week's episode, we're going to, from the trailer, it kind of looks like we're going to get some insight into maybe the underground a bit. Uh, we get to see more of Brendan Fraser, you know, not in his robot man attire, but Brendan Fraser in the flesh himself should be very, very interesting. It's always great to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, this show is going great. I am really enjoying it. And I'll be back next week to talk more Doom Patrol. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to www.brothersinarmchairs.com. It's all one word. That's the website that'll link you up to every single podcast in the Brothers in Armchairs Network. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.